Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Plant Powered Dog Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Dr. Robert Silver to the podcast. <laughs> for those of you who don't know Dr. Silver, you're in for a great treat, as he's been a leader in the field of integrative veterinary medicine for more than 40 years, even though he doesn't look that old. So, <laughs> Dr. Silver like began his day. journey. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Silver began his journey as a graduate of Colorado State University's College of Veterinary Medicine in 1982. In 1993, he established one of the first holistic and integrative veterinary practices in the United States, known as Boulder's Natural Animal. This practice still serves as a model that is followed by current integrative veterinary practices. In 1994, Dr. Silver was invited to become the chief medical officer for the popular supp supplement brand RX Vitamins for Pets, for which he developed 40 unique and innovative veterinary nutraceutical formulations. After retiring from clinical practice in 2013, Dr. Silver established the Well Pet Dispensary, which offers hard to find nutraceuticals, herbs, and cannabinoid therapeutics for dogs and cats. He is also currently the chief veterinary officer for Real Mushrooms, a brand that I really love, a medicinal mushroom company for people and companion animals. He travels extensively, providing continuing education and postgraduate classes in integrative medicine to veterinarians around the world. So Dr. Silver, you're a very busy man. So thank you so way. much. Yeah, see, doesn't it when you hear it? <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm really happy to be here with you today, Diana, and I really appreciate your sending me a copy of your book because I just found it fascinating. And I really appreciate your attention to detail in terms of spelling things out precisely, you know, for the pet parents. Yes. It's a great book. It's it Thank should you be very much. Person. It should be on every person's shelf, even if they're not going to be feeding a vegan diet to their Thank you. Right. Thank you so much. Your yeah. opinion means so much to me. And and yes, you made my week. So thank you. Thank yeah. you. So, you know, you're an expert in lots of things, but a couple of things that have been particularly popular over the last few years um, with pet parents, um, and that is medic medicinal mushrooms and CBD products. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. But first, I just want for those listeners who are a bit unsure about what you practiced and, and what integrative veterinary medicine is, mm -hmm. and could you elaborate a bit on that and how you yeah, get into well, that? Absolutely. Sure. Um, you know, um, there's a lot of ways to address um, health and disease in people and in pets. And we have a system of medicine called conventional medicine that's based on based in on science and based on the use of drugs and surgery and and you know and some diet, but mostly you know drugs and surgery and and certainly for conditions that need that, it, we're glad we've got that you know. But there are other ways to help enhance the body's healing process, and these may be certain types of diets or foods. You know, like we could probably speak. Um, highly about the value of vegan diets in terms of reducing inflammation and things like that. 
Um, but these, you know, but these are also things like mushrooms. You know, these are also things like plant medicine. These are also things like acupuncture. These are also things just like stress release and relief and biofeedback. These are all things which are not very well addressed by conventional medicine, but for which there's a great deal of knowledge and evidence that they can help people and can help pets. So my definition of integrative medicine is we take the best of conventional medicine and blend it with the best of alternative medicine for which there's good evidence that would be specifically appropriate for that single patient. Because one of the failings, I think, in conventional medicine is they treat patients like a diagnosis instead of looking at the patient specifically. And integrative medicine holistic medicine, they take each patient as an individual. They look at its lifestyle. They look at its, its they look at its um, um, emotional context and environment, all sorts of different things, including the physical examination. And so that's really what I do because I don't think you should throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think conventional medicine is great. I think the complaints people have about conventional medicine is because sometimes that's the only thing they're using or there's an or they're using it in too aggressive a fashion. And, and oftentimes the dosages they use for drugs could be lower depending on the individual. So that's what I do. And um, I graduated from CSU in 1982, thinking that I knew everything I needed to know to do battle with all the diseases of the pets out there in the world. And a couple of years out, I, I realized mm, there's some of these diseases, problems like cancer and diabetes and Cushing's disease and epilepsy, for which the drugs that we have or the solutions that we have in conventional medicine just aren't that good. They're, they're okay, but they aren't that good. And some of them have side effects. So I've been searching ever since five years out of vet school for new tools. And I started with the plant kingdom because I, as a backpacker, I used to learn, I, I learned how to identify um, edible plants and medicinal plants and poisonous plants so I could, you know, kind of survive that way. So I had a great deal of interest in plants and realized that some plants could be not just nutritive, but could also be very healing. And then from there, I started, I learned acupuncture and then adapted um, Chinese medicine to my interest in herbs and learned Chinese herbs, you know, just uh, um, learned about homeopathy. I personally don't resonate as much with homeopathy as other people do, you know, and then started learning about nutraceuticals, about vitamins and minerals and extracts of plants. And that naturally brought me to cannabis, you know, around 2000, I'm in Colorado, we legalized medicinal marijuana, we'd like to call it cannabis now. Um, and, um, and I started getting clients coming in with pets that they were giving it to their pets. And so I learned a lot. I learned about the difficulty dogs have with THC. Once CBD started being marketed, I started seeing really good benefits with that. So I was so fascinated by it. I'm a bit of a nerd that I started, I learned enough about it. I worked for a, a, a hemp grower in Colorado when the, at the time it was one of the largest in the country. And I learned all about growing and manufacturing and extracting and making into products and, and got some got some funding to do some studies and you know and so 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 then I, I started incorporating CBD in my knowledge base to help pets and um and then um about eight years ago um 
pretty much almost at the same time as CBD became dominant, um, we started seeing better products in the marketplace that would contain medicinal mushrooms, primarily from the company that I'm not now working for, Real Mushrooms. Real Mushrooms is a Canadian company, and their parent company is called Namex. And Namex has been around for 40 years. And they go, they, they, they actually cultivate these mushrooms under USDA organic standards. And um, they they're very they're very clean they're very pure they analyze them all I, I think I, I wrote a blog for you that has actually has the analyses of these of their extracted products in terms of protein and fiber and things like that so if people wanted to formulate a diet using these they could add them in and and see how they you know how well they they work in that formula um, and. Um, and so now we've got really good medicinal mushrooms and we even have a few studies as well. So, so my interest is, yes, it's in mushrooms and cannabis, but those are also, one, one reason I'm interested in those is because they're so cool and because the <laughs> parents are so interested in them now that it actually provides me with a platform to, to attract pet parents to my teachings where I can actually teach them about all the other things that are also really good good quality home prepared meals, supplements to supplements to the food, you know, um, um, wellness components, things that build health and immunity on a daily basis that, you know, aren't drugs, foods and, and nutraceuticals. So that's a long winded answer to you, but that's kind of how I came to it. It's fascinating. I would think that back then um, it was not as popular as it is now. And did you, did you receive any sort of uh, pushback from the veterinary community? Or oh, yeah. The, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess I'm the hippie vet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, yeah. well vet, you know, well, well, if you look at what vets see every day in their exam room, you know, whether it's mushrooms or whether it's CBD, they see dogs coming in, they got a little bit of their owner's edible and they're having a neurologic crisis from the THC. You know, if it's in the daytime, they'll bring them to the regular vet. If it's nighttime, they'll take them to the ER, you know, and then they've got dogs that after a rainfall, they go out in the backyard and they eat some mushrooms that come up that are very toxic. So that's what veterinarians have seen with marijuana is the THC overdoses, you know, and the mushroom poisoning. So they, they started already not having a good attitude about it. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I, that's what I was doing with Rx Vitamins for CBD. And what I'm doing with Real Mushrooms for Mushrooms is I'm reaching out and speaking to veterinarians at conferences and giving them the science and giving them the information and giving them the safety information so they know better how to use it. I'm leaving Thursday of this week. I do travel a lot to speak. I'm going to Virginia where we have the International Veterinary Acupuncture Conference. And I'm going to be speaking about the traditional Chinese medicine aspects of medicinal mushrooms to all of these veterinary acupuncturists. So that's pretty cool. You know, a little later next month, I'll be going to Texas to speak at the Hospice and Palliative Care Conference about the value of CBD for hospice and the value of mushrooms for hospice care. So, you know, it keeps going. Then I'm going to be at the Holistic Conference in October. And um, 
back down in Texas um, at the end of September, um, doing a lunch and learn there at the Southwest Veterinary Symposium. So I'm, I'm out there and I've already yeah. spoken three or four times to vets this year up till now. So really getting out there a lot to try to educate the vets and let them see that mushrooms can be a good partner for them in their practice. They're very safe. They're non-toxic and they have a very good effect, but they are, they are foods, but we like to call them superfoods because they don't just provide nutrition. They provide other health benefits and the benefits of mushrooms are best if they're taken every day if they're part of the diet, you know, because um, if you just use them for a couple of days, they may have a small, a short-term effect, but their benefit is so much better when they're taken on a daily basis, months and months and months. There's something that we've just, we've, we're learning now with medicinal mushrooms that when you give them regularly, it does something called train the immune system. And it actually turns the immune system into a more vigilant, um, system to be able to detect um, challenges more quickly and be more effective with resolving them. And, and in fact, once the immune system's trained, you could even, which might take a month or two, you could even not necessarily have the mushrooms every day because the effect becomes longer lasting. So some people talk about pulsing their therapy, like they want to maybe, you know, um, do it three days a week, um, off and two days a week or four days a week on or something like that. So you could very much, uh, for myself, I take so many supplements, I get kind of tired of them. So usually I give myself a break over the weekend and I don't do my stretching and I just, you know, I have my weekend. So, um, nice. so that's, so by the fact that it can, the long-term effects are more durable, you know, if you miss a day or you go away or you run out, you know, you, you, you're, you forgot to reorder that bottle, don't sweat it. It'll be okay. Just wait till the bottle comes in and resume the therapy. You know? So you're saying that their mushrooms sound like they're adaptogenic, that they are considered to be adaptogens, but there's a new definition of adaptogen that only defines two mushrooms as being true adaptogens. Adaptogens, you know, are adaptogens are herbs, plants, and mushrooms which help the body deal with stress. And that was the original definition of it. Um, and the stress organ in the body is the adrenal glands. But we now know back from when they were, they originally defined adaptogens, we now understand endocrinology better. We understand that the adrenal glands don't live alone, you know, in, in the small of your back, that they communicate continually with the pituitary and you know the other and the, the the glands that are in the brain and they go back and forth with their releasing hormones and their stimulating hormones and the biofeedback within the body so mush so a true adaptogens true adaptogens will affect that axis between the pituitary and the adrenal gland and there's two mushrooms that do that um reishi the reishi Ganoderma lucidum, which is which they call the mushroom of immortality, and is probably the most famous mushroom. It's been around for thousands of years. It was much revered by the ancient Chinese. They would, if the peasants would find a beautiful specimen, sometimes they grow this large, they would take it to the emperor as a offering, as a gift, which would bestow great honor upon themselves. But it's thought would bestow um, immortality. 
long life and health upon, upon the emperor. The other mushroom is um, the caterpillar mushroom, cordyceps. Um, there recently was a Netflix horror film about the cordyceps mushroom, which is a little bit myth, a little bit of myth there. But the cordyceps mushroom, which is a relative of truffles and morels, which makes it of the tastiest of all the mushroom extracts. But the cordyceps mushroom, the uh, spores will infect like an ant or a caterpillar, and they'll grow all the way through the caterpillar or ant, and then um, kill it. And then um, when conditions are right, it sends up little mushroom fruiting bodies out of the caterpillars. Some of the photos are pretty amazing. Oh my goodness. Um, and, when, and if it infects an ant, what's really cool, and there's some videos on YouTube of this, it'll actually, it'll overtake the ant's nervous system and cause the ant to climb to the top of a bush and, and with its jaws clamp onto a leaf at the very very top of the bush and then it dies with its clamped to that leaf um and oh it releases all the spores the higher the the higher the spores are to be released the better they're dispersed by the wind that's one reason mushrooms have stalks not all mushrooms have stalks but that's why mushrooms that have stalks have stalks because they get them up off the ground so when the wind comes it can blow the spores and they can then settle and grow elsewhere. We also have mushrooms that grow on trees. They don't need stalks because they're actually high up already on the tree. They release their spores and they just go spread widely. It's it's interesting how Whoa. nature takes care of itself, isn't it? So they're very intelligent. Uh, well, yeah. I think I think intelligence is something that we need to yeah. maybe redefine. You know, it may not necessarily be cognition when it comes to intelligence, you know. So um, it's fast, but yeah, there does seem to be some innate intelligence, something that drives them. Maybe just the whole survival thing, you know, becomes a form of intelligence. You're intelligent if you survive, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it sounds like mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms can address a lot of different aspects of health because they are anti-inflammatory. They can be adaptogenic. Um, Yes. But are there any particular health issues in dogs that you find that medicinal mushrooms are, you know, particularly good at addressing? Well, when you think about the cordyceps, you know, having an impact on the adrenal glands and the pituitary, um, you know, you think maybe that might be good for Addison's, Addison's, you know, or for Cushing's disease, both, because it doesn't necessarily make the adrenal glands work harder. It just makes them work better. So that would be one thing that I would consider. Reishi, the hormones mm -hmm. it works with, you know, does work with the adrenal hormones, but we also know that it works a lot with the gonadal hormones. So um, we, and both reishi and cordyceps are known to help with fertility, for instance, and cordyceps is known to increase testosterone levels. So for many, for many years, it still is, the wild cordyceps was revered in Asian culture as a aphrodisiac because of its impact, its influence on testosterone and it's it's wildcrafted they have to actually crawl along the ground and find these little mushrooms coming out of the buried caterpillars and so they the the cordyceps that's wild fetches like fifteen thousand dollars a kilogram whereas oh, the wow. extract the, the the bulk extract of cordyceps that that is sold 
um, by the parent company of real mushrooms is like $250 a kilo. So there are, there are a number of conditions. For instance, um, um, reishi, talk, just talking about these two to begin with, reishi extract is used by um, Zen masters as a meditation aid. And so we know that, that many people will take reishi at night to calm them down. We have dogs with anxiety. I just, you know, I've just participated in this pet anxiety summit. And that's one of the things I'm talking about is how reishi can help, um, help reduce stress by its effect on the brain. But interestingly enough, um, um, reishi also has antihistaminic properties. So if you're looking at a dog with allergies, we know that the beta, and there's, Mushrooms are complicated. There's lots of individual ingredients in them, each of which has its special activity. This fibrous cell wall of the mushroom is made up of beta-glucans and chitin. Chitin is a precursor for glucosamine, so very strong fiber. And the, 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 um, the beta-glucans and chitin in the mushroom cell wall function as prebiotics. They feed the microbiome. And so this is also one reason why it's really important to cook the mushrooms. You know, we're, everyone's so big on, to, you know, on raw diets, but not everything should be raw. Mushrooms, because they're so fibrous, need to be cooked in order to break down that fibrous wall to release the beta-glucans, which are what train the immune system, and release the chitin, which helps to feed the microbiome. And actually, the chitin is a precursor for N-acetyl-D-glucosamine, which perhaps you're familiar mm. with, is a form of glucosamine that we find in the bowel that helps to support the integrity of the connective tissue. So we, you, we, we've got a few studies that show that the use of N-acetyl-D-glucosamine helps with inflammatory bowel disease or irritable bowel mm. syndrome. So we've got all this great fiber in all the mushrooms. Any mushroom will give you that, mm. will give you the beta-glucans, but reishi and another mushroom called chaga, they have these terpenes in them, which have antihistaminic properties, but they also have the beta-glucans. So the beta-glucans help to balance the immune system. You know, when you have allergies, you start reacting to things that as though things are threatening to your body that they aren't, you know, I mean, some, I mean, some people with allergies, you'd think that pollen is toxic, you know, if, if they have such a reaction to it. So the beta-glucans help to re-educate the immune system because the beta-glucans bind to the immune cells in the body and helps to regulate immune cell activity. So mushrooms are a natural partner with your um, allergic pet, although there are a few pets and a few people that are allergic to mushrooms, primarily the spores. There's always, you know, it's always going to be somebody allergic to something. So, you know, so reishi and chaga are very good mushrooms for allergies. Um, also good for cancer. You know, chaga is, chaga is a, maybe you've seen chaga. It, it looks like it's a canker that grows on the, on the bark of a birch tree. Oh, yes. So it's not really a mushroom. It's actually a canker mycelium growing into the wood, but it's it's it grows at the northern latitudes, like if you find it in Finland and Norway and Siberia and Russia and Canada, and they mm -hmm. and so the native peoples have seen that growing for you know millennia, and in 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 terms of the native peoples. Um, understanding of medicine 
they have something called the doctrine of signatures or like cures like. So if something looks like something, it probably treats that. So the canker on the tree looks like a cancer. So they would cut that off and would make it to a tea and drink it and it would cure cancer. Alexander Solnitsyn was this Russian author that got the Nobel Prize for Literature um, when he wrote the Gulag, his Gulag series. But he wrote, a, but when he was in the Gulag himself, he got cancer, and he treated his cancer in his book Cancer Ward using chaga. So, uh, so mushrooms wow. have a huge. I mean, we don't really have enough time to go into everything, right. but this is just a real nice little brief, you know, approach. Um, Lion's mane. Wow. Have you have you heard of lion's mane? Lion's I've mane, heard of it. Yes, it's the most popular mushroom in North America today because of its ability to reduce stress. Although it doesn't do it in the adaptogenic pathway through the pituitary, it oh, does it directly in the brain by signaling hmm. receptors in the brain that that work with serotonin. Okay, wow. um, and but it also has other types of terpenes in it that stimulate brain derived nerve growth factor. So it helps with um, it helps with memory and it, it helps with repair and damage. It is all but historically lion's mane was used for gastritis and for gastric cancer and for inflammatory bowel disease. It helps the bowel. So um, mushrooms have a wide variety. I mean, I'm keeping myself really busy. <laughs> talking wow. About all this yeah. stuff, you know, and, and, you know, I could spend a whole lecture just talking about one mushroom, but I have to start by talking about them all and about what underlies mushrooms and why they are what they are and why they're good, why what they are is good. And then maybe next year, the year after that, I'll start focusing on single topics, you know, that once everybody's gotten a baseline of understanding of, of mushrooms and how they work. I've also been working with using mushrooms together with cannabis. And for instance, when you look at the reishi and you look at the lion's mane for stress, when you take CBD, they all work together very well because they signal many of the same receptors that deal with serotonin and stress. I made a product for um, real mushrooms. It's a soft chew. We call it relaxed mushroom chews. And it contains lion's mane and reishi extracts in a soft chew. But I also put tryptophan in there as a precursor for serotonin. I also put theanine in there, which is what gives green tea okay. zen. I also put um, uh, catnip, uh, which is a great complement oh, and good for the digestion. Um, and cats like it because of that. Cats will eat it. And um, I also put valerian root, passion flower, um, lemon balm. I think that's and lemon balm. I think that was it. Yeah. Um, and so, it, so it, so some of the herbs, the tryptophan, will be more immediately calming. The reishi and lion's mane, as I mentioned, mm. you know kind of need to be taken on an ongoing basis so um so that's cool the relaxed mushroom chews um for them now are i are they vegan or are they they, they have, are not i'm sorry they are uh, okay that's so for is, our uh, vegan listeners yeah. just be aware of that yeah yeah okay. i you know and and let me speak to them it's um i'm a product formulator i design products and and um, I design soft chews as well. And the problem with soft chews is that soft chew matrix that you put all the goodies into and making it palatable. And so I have not been, I have not worked with companies either that have expertise in this 
or I have not been able to gain that expertise myself to find how to put flavorants in there, palatants in there, and, and substances that create that solid matrix that are all vegan. It's very hard to do that. And, and in terms of sales and marketing, which is why companies spend the money to make these products and market them, <laughs> um, the, the animal-based flavorants are much more palatable. Now we do have vegan flavors in, in, in animal flavors that, that can be used as well. So it is a challenge and you know we have to look at how many people out there want them. But we also have we, we also have many of these things in capsule form, yes form where we don't have all of those um, animal um, flavorants in it you know, for your vegan people. And, and I recommend those all the time and people love them. Um, I have them in the house as well. I, I, I have them for myself as well as um, mm -hmm. for Moo. So yeah, so there are a lot of options that you guys have out there. Um, so what should people look for? I mean, I know I'm excited about it and I'm, this is so much incredible information. I'm sure people are saying, okay, I'm all into mushrooms. What should they look for when purchasing mushroom products? Um, um, so the, the, that's a, that is actually a, an incredibly good question because, um, currently right now in the, um, mushroom product industry, there are two ways that companies are cultivating what they call mushrooms. One actually cultivates the mushroom, the fruiting body, the stalk and the cap and everything that you see. And historically over hundreds, if not thousands of years, that is what people have used to either eat or take medicinally. But some companies are taking a shortcut and what they're doing is they're growing mm -hmm. their spores and their mycelium on grain, which is the first step in, in commercial mushroom cultivation, we we myceliate the grain, and then we take that grain with the mycelium and we call that grain spawn. And then we put that on whatever the native substrate would be, which could be compost or leaf litter or um, dead or dying wood, wood chips, things like that. And then it, and then when, and then the mycelium grows through the native substrate. And then when conditions are right, um, creates a mushroom. But when you just take the mycelium on grain and you dry it and powder it, you're not getting any mushroom. And measurements that we've taken of these products to measure their beta-glucans, because the beta-glucans are really the major marker compound common to all mushrooms, which is what gives them their immune potency. Beta-glucans also help reduce cholesterol levels by the way, and have some other benefits as well. Oh, so glucans are very important to the activity of mushrooms. When we measure the difference between beta-glucans in a mushroom product versus a mycelium on grain product, it's about five times higher in the mushroom. So um, I did a study where I pulled, um, I purchased 10 pet products off the internet that were labeled <laughs> for pets 
that said they contained turkey tail mushroom. They might have contained other mushrooms as well, but they contained turkey tail. And turkey tail's gotten a lot of um, prominence because of uh, two studies that were published using turkey tail to treat hemangiosarcoma, cancer of the spleen in dogs, um, and rel relatively successfully. There were some positive findings from those studies. Um, but um, what I did was we had, we sent we when we got the products and we we covered up the labels so nobody knew what was what put numbers on them and we sent them off to a third party lab that is expert in analyzing for beta glucans but also for digestible starch mushrooms the mushroom cap and everything high in protein high in fiber low in starchy digestible carbohydrates but the other high in, non-digestible carbohydrates, but low in the digestible ones. Grain, on the other hand, high in digestible carbohydrates, low in beta-glucans, low in, you know, relatively low in fiber, even whole grains, you know, lower, you know. So um, we, out of 10 products that we, we pulled, um, six of them were made from mycelium on grain. Some of them were labeled as mushrooms. Some of them, the companies will actually label them and say it's mycelium, you know, um, myceliated biomass, or they'll talk, they'll, 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 they'll say what the grain is, so milo or rye or millet or oats or rice, you know, and, you know, they're not very large amounts of grain, but I know some people are trying to avoid grain with their dogs. Sometimes even a small amount of grain could precipitate an allergic reaction or a, 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 an overload of carbohydrates. So we think it's important that the pet parent know that there is a difference and that there are there is there are some very prominent mushroom advocates out there who have companies where they're actually selling mycelium on grain, not mushrooms at all. And they're claiming that it's as good as a mushroom, which I beg to differ. So real mushrooms, we call it real mushrooms because they are real mushrooms in there. And we don't sell mycelium. We don't sell grain. There's no fillers. You know, I mean, I think there's a few, you know, there were four products that were real mushrooms, that were mushrooms. Two of them were from real mushrooms. Two of them were companies that purchased the raw materials from real mushrooms parent company that cultivates these mushrooms organically. So I think you, know, you need to look at the label. You need to see if there's a con. If it takes a little work, you need to see if there's a contact number. You know that you can call the company and say, "Can you give me a certificate of analysis? I want to see how much beta glucans or how do you grow your your mushrooms? That kind of stuff. Right. You know, and um, you know, and 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 go that way. Then again, you know, and real mushrooms is you know sponsoring this podcast. You know, you're safe to buy real mushrooms because it is nothing but a real right. mushroom. And we stand and, and And I will say that, and when you say sponsoring, I, I definitely want people to know that I receive no no money and yeah, no product. And way. I only, um, I recommend it for one reason. And that's because I did the research and found that it was the product that I was comfortable recommending to my clients for them and for their dogs. So when I come upon something like that, you know, I just like to spread the word. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, people can go out and they can do their own research, but you can really avoid all of that by just going to real mushrooms and getting the products. And one of the things I loved is that it lists the standardized beta glucans right on the label. 
Mm-hmm. And, and as I was going to say is that we do we do standardize the products to their beta glucan content. So one, that means that you can be certain that the bottle you bought last year that worked will have the same content and potency, if not higher, than the as the bottle you bought this year. Plus, I've developed a way of dosing mushrooms based on their beta glucan content. So we take the beta glucan content and we multiply that by a certain a factor and the and the body weight in pounds or kilograms and then we see and then we decide what kind of um how severe the problem is so for wellness we might use a lower dosage i'm recommending about one to one and a half milligrams per pound of body weight per day so um for instance the cordyceps capsules cordyceps is 25 percent beta glucans 300 milligrams in the pet-sized capsule, so that would be, what, 75 milligrams of beta-glucans. So, and then if you've got a dog with a serious problem, let's say, well, let's say it's got allergies and you want to use the antihistamine properties, then you'd probably go um, like two to three mg per pound um, daily of of the of the beta-glucan content. And if you have a pet with cancer or a serious viral illness, then you might even want to give it as high as 20 or 30 mgs per kg or, or 10 or tw- 10 or 15 mgs per pound. pound. I'm just doing some right. quick math here to make it easier for the yeah. pet parents who don't in the metric system like, like most of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so yeah, so the more severe the problem, the higher the beta glucan um, that we're going to give them. So so that also helps in terms of giving now all the pet label products I put a, a gen a general dosing recommendation of like a capsule for every 20 to 40 pounds of body weight or a quarter teaspoon for every, you know, that sort of thing, right. which can be helpful. And mushrooms aren't drugs. And and, and some pet parents are kind of very granular about those details and I try to explain to them it's not that important just kind of get get a ballpark in there about how much they need and and they'll do fine it's really the long-term application of those that helps so much this is so informative and interesting um you know so another question is are there any cautions that people need to to be aware of when they're giving their dog well, medicinal you know, mushrooms? mushrooms mushrooms are food um, and even and the, I mean, the right. woody mushrooms are too woody to eat, but you, apparently you can eat them when they're very young. They're a little bit soft. You have to boil the heck out of them. Um, but basically, no. Now, there always are concerns about animals or people that are on anticoagulant therapy. And that's probably when we go to literature, that's where we see the biggest cautions, but we don't really have any actual case reports of problems with it. So we're really just being cautious. If you're on a lot of very critical drugs that are very critical to your health, then be careful. You know, if your animals on a lot of drugs that are critical to their health, be careful. But my suggestion with anything is to start low, start with a lower dosage, start with the wellness dosage, just start with a make per pound per day, get your animal used to it. Because some animals, no matter how safe the mushroom is can still have a reaction. We do see occasional diarrhea, you know, and there could be an occasional allergic response. Shiitake is a big offender for that when it comes to allergic response. And we've got shiitake in our five defenders. 
um, which is a blend of five mushrooms, including reishi and chaga. So we recommend it for seasonal allergies, but it also has the turkey tail as for cancer, maitake as for cancer and metabolic issues, and shiitake for cancer and metabolic issues. So a lot of information, a lot more, you know, a lot more than I can convey in a single podcast. If you're, you know, if your listeners like this information, I'm more than happy to come back and, you know, and go, go to the next place, you know, talk about the next thing too. Well, I think that is a great idea. I think that we've covered mushrooms in a lot of detail and I've learned more than I ever knew about medicinal oh, cool. mushrooms before. <laughs> and yeah. I always want to be clear that you're not, and I'm not telling people to go out and, and forage their own mushrooms. That's no, when you get into not. problems. That could be dangerous. Yes. Yes. And that's yes. the advantage of buying mushrooms from a company is, is you know, we know what they are. We, we grow them. Um, mushroom foraging is very popular these days. And, um, but we are seeing yes. more and more mushroom poisonings as well. And so. And like that, you said, that's what veterinarians probably are concerned about too. Yes. And um, might be yeah. so. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So we had touched on CBD, but you know what? I think that based on, you know, respecting your time and all of the information that you've given to us today, and I know that you have other um, commitments, I think we should do another CBD episode just on CBD uh, down the line if that works for you. I, no, I'd like that. I have my own website and I have my own CBD products and I've made I've made a couple of soft chew CBD products that also have mushrooms in them. So, um, you know, we can talk about those then, you know. And I'm going to most definitely put the links to your websites and your well pet okay. dispensary and everything at the bottom of this so people don't have to remember anything. Um, Good. I'll put the links so that, yep. So that they absolutely know, but I think that we've given them so much information mm -hmm. and I think that CBD most likely with all of its intricacies is enough to expand oh, for a whole it's other, just, yeah. it's just as complicated or, I, yeah. I, or maybe the better word is I find it just as interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, so we'll wrap it up for now. And I okay. just want to Thank you so much, Dr. Silver. I know you are just such a busy person. Thank you for being on the podcast. And hopefully you'll agree to come back and, and do it again. Well, Diana, I've been, like I mentioned, I'm, I've been doing a lot of podcasts. I did four yesterday, but this podcast is what I've been looking forward, forward to all week. Oh, that, thank you so much. Well, I have too. And I will say you didn't disappoint, though. So you went above and beyond. Well, so great to everyone, you. look forward to talking with you some more. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. That's and good. I know that everyone here is going to be replaying this over and over. And also, just so you know, we'll be um, publishing an article that Dr. Silver was kind enough to have written on medicinal mushrooms for um, the Plant Powered Dog website. So you'll find that there. And I will post all the links for you guys. And thank you so much. And thank you, Dr. Silver. And we'll talk to you later. Okay. Nice talking to you, Diana. You have a great